Welcome to Living Water Radio. I've been poor and I've been rich. Rich is better. It's a quote that's been attributed to many. Jesus shows us a better way to be rich. Today, we'll see what that is. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving part-time in Monterey Park, California, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Many of us were thinking about vast wealth with the California Mega Millions lottery set at well over a billion dollars as of this writing. What would you do with all that money? J. Paul Getty, the founder of the Getty Oil Company, once said, My formula for success is rise early, work late, and strike oil. His art collection formed the basis of the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. What would you do with oil company money? Today, Jesus speaks to us about everybody's favorite topic, the use of our money. We don't like to talk about money. I don't know why talking about money makes us squirm a little, other than maybe we don't want people to judge us, or we're afraid someone will try to take it, or we're embarrassed by how much we give or don't give. But Jesus did. Jesus talked about money and the use of money and the purpose of money and the spiritual meaning of money. In fact, he spoke about money more than any other topic except the kingdom of God. He knew that money is an expression of value, and how we use it is an expression of what we value. I remember a professor in seminary saying, don't tell me what you believe, show me your checkbook stubs. We see a good example of how Jesus regarded money in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Jesus was on his way to die in Jerusalem, and a crowd of thousands had gathered around him as he was teaching his disciples. Then this happened in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? Jesus apparently had a reputation for wisdom and some popular authority. Some random person in the crowd asked Jesus to settle a family dispute over money. My family might be in America because of this same dispute. My paternal great-grandfather came to the United States and never had any contact with his family in Norway again. We don't know why. We always have known that we must have relatives in Norway, but we couldn't know who they were because our ancestor cut off all ties. They didn't know that they had any family in the United States until the Internet age, and we made contact. When Sally and James and I visited Norway in 2004, we were the first people with the family name to see our family in about 120 years. They showed me the family history book, and next to his name it said, We think he died. Our common relative came to the United States during a time that Norwegians refer to as the Hundred Year Hunger. It was also a time of primogeniture, that is, 
The oldest son inherited everything from his parents in order to keep the estate intact, and he was responsible for taking care of the rest of the family. Maybe our relative and the man in this Bible story had the same problem. Maybe they didn't like how their older brother was managing things. Maybe they thought they should have more. Jesus wasn't going to allow himself to be drawn into family court, but he uses this request as a teachable moment, continuing with verse 15. And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You might have seen the 1987 movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas. In it, his character, Gordon Gekko, gives a speech in which he praises greed as a driving factor in the economy, a positive force in economic evolution. He says, greed, for want of a better word, is good. You might also have seen the bumper sticker or t-shirt that was popular around that same time and for some time after that said, he who dies with the most toys wins. The words were attributed to Malcolm Forbes, who inherited a bunch of money and then expanded it as an entrepreneur and self-promoting publisher of Forbes magazine. Jesus says just the opposite on both counts. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he tells them why in the form of a parable, starting with verse 16. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. I still remember my confirmation pastor's definition of a parable as an earthly story with a single heavenly meaning. Jesus tells a parable about a guy who had storage problems, problems that are familiar to us. Most of us would not consider ourselves to be rich, but most of the world would. It's been said that the amount of stuff we have expands to equal the amount of space we have to store it. Whole industries are built around storing our stuff. Homes for the average person have gotten bigger over the years, and storage space is a huge selling point. You can buy homes with a space for one car, or you can park your car in your driveway and use that space for storage. You can buy homes with spaces for two cars, or three, or four, or five. How much space do you need? Jesus says in verse 20, But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Leo Tolstoy, the Russian author of War and Peace and other classics, wrote a short story with a similar message called How Much Land Does a Man Need? A man who is greedy for more land hears about a group of simple farmers with a lot of land. He offers to buy their land and offers a low price. They counter by saying that for a thousand rubles, he can have as much land as he can walk around from sunrise to sunset. But if he doesn't get back by sunset, he loses his money and gets no land. The man is ecstatic with getting the bargain of a lifetime. He starts walking, but every time he thinks about circling back, he thinks that if he walks a little farther, he can get more land. 
he keeps walking, and then when he is far, far away, he makes his loop and starts running to get back in time. He makes it back to the starting point just as the sun sets, but he is exhausted and he dies on the spot. He is buried in a hole six feet long, all the land that a man needs. Billy Graham once said that he had never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. No, you can't take it with you, it's been said, but you can send it on ahead. Jesus teaches the lesson of this parable in verse 21. So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, once said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Look at what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say that we don't need money or shouldn't have it. He condemns those who only store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. What does it mean to be rich toward God? Tithing or giving 10% of your income to the church is often mentioned as the standard for giving, but is it? One could argue that 10% is too much. Tithes and offerings in Jesus' day were the only source of funds for social service programs, in addition to supporting the physical needs of worship and the temple. The Romans taxed the people of Israel and used the money to build and support the Roman Empire. In addition, the temple had its own tax unrelated to tithes and offerings. Our taxes fund social services today beyond what we support through our giving. And even today, everybody has a good reason not to give. I'm saving for college. I'm going to school. I'm paying off my student loans. I'm saving for a house. I just got married. I just started a family. I'm helping my children. I'm saving for retirement. I'm living on a fixed income are all good reasons not to give anything but a token amount. One could also argue that tithing is not enough. If the standard is, as Jesus said it is, being rich toward God, In the New Testament, the tithe was a start. Your offering didn't start until after your tithe. And if tithing is an expression of our gratitude toward God, it's pretty small. When you go to a restaurant and you leave a tip of 10% today, what does our culture say about that? You're cheap. Or think about how much you give on an average Sunday. Now multiply that by 10. Could you live on that? Or What if we didn't ask ourselves how much we're going to give, but how much we're going to keep? But I think that Jesus has a more enduring reason for warning us against thinking only of ourselves financially. Money is a means for ministry, both personal and for our Christian community as a whole. When we speak of being a good steward or of stewardship, we are speaking of how we manage the money that we have been given to manage. Why are we blessed? The whole sweep of the Bible says that we are blessed to be a blessing, to be witnesses to the great gifts we have first received from God. We don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. And if we don't want to, if we immediately start to think about reasons why we can't give or won't give past a token amount, that's a spiritual problem. What does the Bible say is the root of all evil? It's not money, as we see in Paul's letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. What's wrong with being eager to be rich? Greed is not good. It consumes the consumer. Even the secular world knows this. There is a popular saying among investors that bears make money, bulls make money, pigs get slaughtered. And what do investors like Barbara Corcoran and Lori Greiner and the other sharks on Shark Tank emphasize again and again for entrepreneurs? The importance of giving back. But there is a more serious danger to greed. It makes money the object of our faith. Martin Luther said, Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. What do we put at the center of our life? What do we turn to and trust in? Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver because giving is an expression of our relationship with God, with what is central and defining about who we are. It's not about what we have to do, but what we get to do. What is more spiritually beneficial to us, to receive or to give? We all know that one from Paul's words in Acts 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What is the best way to be rich? Let it flow from your heart and soul, who and whose you are, your true self. Be rich toward God. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. 
Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.